Welcome to the Grow Your Wealth Podcast, the place for active and aspiring entrepreneurs. Join us every week for industry advice and expert information to aid you on your journey to financial freedom. Now from your hosts, Anna Swartz-Lopez and Vernon Williams. Hello, everybody, and thank you for listening to the Grow Your Wealth Podcast. I am Anna Swartz-Lopez with Maestro Capital Solutions. And this is Vernon Williams with Brighton Financial and Insurance Services. And Vernon, last time we spoke, you gave kind of a global overview of workers' comp insurance. And I know you've talked about how this is, if not one of the most important, perhaps the most important insurances for small businesses to carry. Uh, But I wonder if we could go a little more into the nitty gritty today. I know workman's comp is... Uh, a subject you say that and I get a bad reaction from quite a few small business owners so perhaps you can shed some clarity on this subject yeah absolutely and you're right in that it is one of the most uh, expensive insurance coverage uh, for that's that small businesses are required to carry the emphasis there being on required because it is a state law that it, uh, I think there's only one state that doesn't require one or two states that don't require uh, workers comp but every other state, uh, does require the a small business to, uh, as long as there's a W-2 relationship to have workers workers comp. And the, the thing about workers comp that there's a direct expense, which is having to provide medical attention to an individual who has been injured on the job. And then there's the indirect expense of having to replace that worker while they're out. And then there's another ancillary expense, if you will, in that if that worker that has been injured returns to work, and uh, then a good faith effort must be made by the employer to try to find something else for that person. So you may have a situation where someone is really good at, a, at their particular position, gets injured, they come back and now they're doing something that is, well, um, significantly less valuable to the company. Uh, and and the, and so the company is not making the kind of money on that person as they would have in the past, given the fact that the, the salaries should become commensurate with, with what they're doing. Um, there's, there's going to be some break there, but not, nonetheless, um, it, it, there is a direct cost. So given all of that, workers' comp, not, I would, as you would imagine, uh, is top of mind for most small business owners. Uh, it really is because of the expense and all of the um, uh, legal ramifications of having people injured on the job or having coverage in the first place. Okay. So you, you've talked about how the premium for workman's comp is usually based on payroll. And we talked a little bit about how different worker classifications, as well as uh, the loss history can affect that premium. Um, I'm, I'm wondering though, can, can you give me information? What is, what is the, what does the landscape look like uh, as far as commercial carriers who provide this sort of insurance? Right. So, so yeah, so there are, um, there are com- there are two camps for workers' comp essentially, and there are the commercial carriers, and then there is the state fund. Uh, and every state has something similar to the insurer of last resort, where uh, insurance coverage can't be can't be obtained in the in the commercial market. And then the, the, there's a normally a state-run or state-backed entity that absorbs those kinds of risks and the, and, and and so forth. So there are two camps now in the commercial world. Um, most carriers kind of specialize in certain in certain uh, uh, markets and in certain industries, and so you'll find that the competition among 
uh, people that that operate in the same markets, it's pretty intense. So the, the rates, even though the base rates are set by a state control board, nonetheless, there is some wiggle room for the each commercial carrier to to essentially uh, make some make a profit on each one of these things. Now, one of the one of these things, each policy, the big thing that the big thing that or the, the the room that the commercial carrier has to 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 impact the rate is based upon the loss history. So the loss history um, is usually treated slightly differently by most carriers. So the technically it's called a experience modifier, and the experience modifier is usually a a number that says, okay, if you have had a number of uh, a number of losses, then we will multiply your rate by 1.5 or 1.4 or something. So it'd be a 40% markup. If you haven't had any losses, there could be a discount of maybe five or 10%. So the the losses really impact the the premium to a large extent. And that's where um, the, the ability of the small business owner to control their their destiny in terms of rates, or in terms of prices rather, the rates are set by the board, but in terms of the premium prices, is in, there are several things that the small the small business owner can do, but the primary thing is make sure that you don't have any losses. <laughs> I mean, making sure that there is a, that there is a work, a safe work environment to the extent that you can uh, to keep that, that, that under control. So do you have any suggestions, some simple things that small business owners can make sure they're doing? Sure. So I've compiled a small list, and this is by no means exhaustive, uh, but this is in general strokes uh, what employers should do. So <clears throat> the first thing is to enact a, a set of safety rules in the workplace. A lot of times, small business owners assume that people would act with common sense and they wouldn't do things that are silly uh, to hurt themselves. And most of the time, uh, when people get hurt and, and there's nothing that's, excuse me, that's documented relative to a workplace environment, <clears throat> excuse me, it's the same worker that was acting silly, doing silly things that has been injured. Well, then point to the fact that, well, nothing is written down, so I didn't know. And you would, you would, you could say, well, that a person is a grown individual and they should know. But the fact that it's not documented means that they do have a leg to stand on legally. The other thing is, um, apart from making the safety hence, rules. Yeah, is, hence, is that why those uh, safety, safety manuals, employee handbooks are always so doggone thick? Exactly, because every they say, well, for example, don't drink coffee that's too hot. Well, that's <laughs> that's a, that's a weird example, but don't scald yourself, and don't, don't jump off, don't don't throw too, yeah. and those yeah. kind of things, right? Silly things, but yeah. Okay. So, so that that's exactly why they're so thick, and lawyers so, look for loopholes and those kinds of things. Yes. On the subject of of developing a written handbook, then if I'm an employer. Uh, where on earth do I start with that? So there are a number of services that generate boilerplate handbooks that will satisfy, um, you know, most requirements. If, if 
for example, if you're in the auto safety or you're in a garage uh, business or the automobile repair business, there are individuals out there uh, that generate handbooks for that are in- industry specific. And those kinds of things are a good place to start. And it's better than nothing. Sometimes you might need to customize them. But for the most part, they do uh, serve the purpose of having. Where do you go yeah. about finding one of those people? Um, I do have, well, I had in the past, I don't have a relationship with them any longer, but I could find them online. You can do a search and find uh, the handbook generation people online. Um, outside of that, though, with the larger companies, there are HR related firms that we do have specific relationships with that would go by and uh, as part of the overall package, and we can get to that later, they will go by and apply um, and and provide, I should say, uh, HR-related compliance manuals. And part of those manuals would be service, would be service, uh, uh, would be safety safety manuals. So some a lot of the payroll firms and HR-related firms um, do provide those kinds of manuals uh, for small businesses. Uh, if you have one or two employees, it probably wouldn't apply. It wouldn't be economically feasible to do it. But five to six employees is where it makes sense to start deploying some of those payroll services and getting ad, uh, access to some of the HR-related things that come along with those payroll services. Okay. Now, right. hand in hand with, let's say, a safety handbook, uh, what about safety training? How important is that in the workplace? Well, so that's extremely important because in addition to the book, if if uh, if the book is just generated but no one actually follows it and people say, well, I don't know where it is or no one has trained me, then the, the book in itself helps, but there's still a loophole. So in addition to any handbook that's generated, there should be regularly um, scheduled safety training sessions and they don't have to be elaborate. It could just be that the normal safety meeting once a month where people discuss things that happen or, or people can bring to the I. attention. I.e. don't yeah. drink, don't drink coffee when it's boiling hot. Right. And try, <laughs> try to consume as, as little liquor as possible while you're driving those kinds of things. Right. Um, but, but so again, if I'm a business owner and my business is growing and so I've just hired my sixth employee <laughs> Okay, so I want to be um, incorporating some of these things, but I wouldn't know where to start. Can I also get, you know, you've mentioned outsourcing some of the work and developing a manual. Can I also kind of outsource some of this safety training uh, stuff? Yes. So, So that's where the insurance brokers come in. So an insurance broker that is focused around uh, workers' comp will have the the tools uh, necessary to help with training, and also they would be aware of all their most recent laws and to make sure that that their client is in compliance with those laws. So, a, a good insurance broker is a very good place to start. Um, and there are specialists out there that do these kinds of things that uh, that just they don't write insurance policies, but they, they advise smaller businesses on workers' comp details. Um, but that might be overkill for someone with five or six employees. But the broker with which the, you're working is a, is usually an excellent resource because that person uh, can talk directly with the insurance company. And most insurance companies do have resources to help 
to help small businesses with those kind of things. They will have uh, detailed things about what should be done at at the, the small business level. So, but they wouldn't speak directly with the with the small business. That conversation would have to be through the broker. So the broker would be able to get access to those materials and pass them on. So that's a good place to start. Okay. All right. Yeah. Now, okay, talking about a safety manual and safety training um, covering everything you can possibly think of, uh, what about what about workers in, let's say, an office environment where there is no obvious risk except for, I don't know, the scalding coffee to use use the silly example we've been using this episode? Right. Um, what about... You know, how much of this applies and how do you make sure you're covered if your work environment uh, is not obviously dangerous? Right, right. So as we as we alluded to last week, um, most of the time, small business, small business owners are focused on the most dangerous jobs and they'll ignore the office workers. But we also mentioned last week that one of the major injuries that most office workers suffer is uh carpal tunnel or repetitive stress syndrome where it's just sitting down typing all the time or even if you're not typing it could be something that's ergonomically induced so you you know your bad, bad posture or you're providing a, a chair and this actually happened to me where I had a an admin who complained that the chair that she was sitting in um, was affecting her her spine and and so we had to go get a new chair. So, so I mean, so it, it could be something as simple as the way the person sits or the chair is not ergonomically uh, designed or something like that. But those kinds of things, those kinds of injuries, they're pretty severe in that since they're so, I don't want to say nebulous, but since they're so hard to define, it's very hard to know when they're actually cured. So if you have a dishonest employee, that employee could milk it for 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 months, be, be saying, "Well, it's not fixed, it's not repaired, it's not not repaired, it's not healed," and so and so they could continue to to milk that. So that's why it's important that the first hint of trouble uh, to make sure that you try to to address that problem right away. Okay, and now speaking more specifically to our current environment of being in the midst of a pandemic, um, I know all this effort that goes into providing a safe working environment, but now with so many people working from home, how does that shift the safety standards and safety compliance? And how does an employer make sure that they are still complying if their employees are working from home? Excellent question. Excellent question. So it turns out that the pandemic has uh, forced uh, uh, to shine a light on exactly on workers' comp and, and the kinds of things that's been going on. So working from home depends on what kind of work, what kind of work you're doing. If obviously you're working on a computer, then the, the employer can't really control to any serious extent your work environment. I mean, it, it is what it is um, because you're responsible, you, the employee, is responsible for that. Uh, but related to COVID, um, and this is part of the reason that most employers have not allowed their employees to return in that return to the, to, to the office is that 
the employee that contracts uh, the virus uh, uh, on site could sue for workers' comp claims. Now, it, it turns out that the government at the federal level is actually trying to remove the, the liability from the employers uh, uh, for these kinds of things. And that is actually the sticking point why there has not been a new stimulus bill, uh, a new, well, I say stimulus, but there hasn't been a third stimulus bill for that very reason. Businesses are asking for relief uh, from the liability of, uh, of the workplace and some people are saying no, and so that's that's the impasse. But workers' comp is at the heart of of what they're trying of, of, of the problem. That's interesting. I was unaware of that. Yes, that's that's the reason. So the Democrats have a position that yeah, businesses should be held uh, accountable because there's some businesses that are unscrupulous that might not have cleaned their place uh, to the extent that was recommended by the CDC. And some of the on the opposite side of the aisle is saying, well. Um, there might be some unscrupulous, unscrupulous or uh, business owners, but we don't know who they are, so we just have to um, allow everyone to uh, to waive the the workers' comp requirement for everyone. Of course, that'd be a huge bill because if the if the the insurance companies who write the workers' comp uh, are not held uh, to are not are, are relieved from having to pay the claims then someone has to pay those claims. And those claims will have to be picked up by the taxpayer. So that's that's the problem. So either the insurance company pays by letting the gov- that, that employees sue the employee, employers, or there's a waiver and the government pays. But either way, it has to be paid. And that's that's the sticking point. So that's, that's where we are. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well... Are there are there other tips that you would suggest? Uh, yes, so, not necessarily related to COVID, but a few other things employers should be sure. thinking about. Yeah, there are a couple of things. Uh, one is to keep up to date with the, the safety laws. The laws change um, periodically, every so often, um, especially in California. The legislature does something that affects workers' comp, and if you are a small business owner, you are paying attention to your business and not the workers' comp laws. It is very easy to run a follow up on. For example, something as simple as putting up, there are certain banners and certain uh, flyers and those kinds of things that must be prominently displayed. And so not displaying those things um, can get you in trouble. So Now, is that something that, let's say I'm a business owner and I outsource my HR. I use one, one of these, one of these companies that does HR and insurance Right. Um, benefits. Would benefits. I, would I, would I just assume that they would keep me in compliance? It, yeah, you would, um, you would assume that, uh, and if they're doing a good job, they will. The problem is that the onus is still on you, uh, the business owner. And, and so there are two things that, that a business owner has to be aware of. One is that even if there's no injury and there's no claim at any time, OSHA could walk in and say, well, let me show, show me your workers comp. Uh, show me, show me your workers' comp. See what you're doing with workers' comp. So, you know, and if OSHA comes in randomly, because that's what they do, uh, especially on construction sites, especially on construction sites, I've known many construction sites that have been shut down because the business owner was not there. 
Uh, the workers are working away and OSHA walks up and say, um, are you a W-2 employees or are you whatever? And they answer the wrong way. And then the place gets shut down uh, because if you're W-2, you should have workers comp. And so uh, so those kinds of things. So OSHA is another thing that uh, uh, another agency that could wreak havoc on small business, if, even if you're if you're not compliant, even if there are no claims. Okay. Okay. Um, so I, I think that would do it for today. There's some other things that we would want to talk about later that, that um, can mitigate the risk for small businesses. Uh, but uh, the third section on workers' comp, you can get into that because a lot of small businesses have, have uh, well, there, a lot of small businesses use uh, a, a different technique to try to mitigate the risk of having uh, getting running a full of the workers' comp laws. And that's by using a professional employee organization. But that takes quite a bit of time to, to explain how that works and who does what to whom. So on the third if there's a third session, we can get into that and how that works and so forth. Okay. And it sounds like a professional employee organization that there's a lot to talk about, not just workman's comp, but that there are some, um, yes, you know, yes. it's there, a good there. subject for small business owners to be yes. aware of anyway. Right. It's a lot of small business owners up to five employees. That, that's how they start with workers' comp for something as simple as pay as you go, because most of the time, um, workers' comp is paid annually. And so that's a huge chunk of change of money for a small business owner. So some of these other organizations will say, okay, we will, we will have you pay monthly. And, but then there's, a, there's all kinds of things associated with that. So, yeah, I think we've exhausted our time today, Anna, but this was a great subject, uh, something that's close and dear to my heart. So hopefully we can. And I think it's important information for small business owners to be aware of. And there are so many elements of running a small business that it's important to know where to go for help with some of these things. So thank you for that, Vernon. Certainly. Certainly. So thank you for listening, everyone. and, And we'll catch you on the next one. Tune in next week for more nuggets on how to grow your wealth. Wherever you are in your journey to financial freedom, enjoy the ride and keep growing.